Hey guys, it's been a little while since we've been in the uh, same room together doing this, uh, recording the podcast. And, uh, you know. <laughs> since the last time we did this? Yeah, since the last time we did this. And a few weeks ago, uh, you guys had been on, you, you were back from your uh, road trip to, uh, to Miss- Mississippi, and Townsend came back with two jerseys that he won there. And, uh, you know, I'd asked him if, uh, you know, maybe I could have one of those jerseys seen as, you know, he had two, which seemed a little excessive, but, uh, and Townsend, I'm going to sweeten the deal for you because, uh, I've now got two of these. Oh, (laughs) damn. Uh, well, I guess if you're not here, Matt (laughs) just pulled out a USAC district medal yes a bronze second medal. place oh yeah. third third i have two uh bronze lambert bronze medals now uh but uh, only one gold you know so well good job matt thank you guys <laughs> i knew that was coming <laughs> Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 68 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, guys. This is the T-Bone. And this is your Lambra Masters 40 bronze medal winner, Sir Cheerio. And special guest with us tonight. We have Emily, the pizza boss, Bissett. Yay. Again. Thought we'd bring in, you know, someone who actually raced Nats uh, this weekend to come and offer her opinions. And views on U.S. Nats, which I think we're going to get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, we're back together. We're in the uh, the lawyer lawyers the barristers gallery. Um, a lot of stuff has happened in the time since we last recorded. Emily and I went to Tulsa for Ruts and Guts. That was pretty fun. It was awesome. Um, C one, C two. Then we got in a car and drove to Louisville. And we did a pre-ride of the course, and the next day you raced, and then we hung out and watched big bike racing for three days, although at the end it was more like a tough mudder. Yeah. It was. One of those, it was like one of those Spartan races. Yeah. And Townsend, you joined us. Too. Yeah. Flew in on Friday, hooked and up with you guys for a couple nights, three days of spectating. That was a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a big party. And then Emily and I drove back all day Monday, and bam, here we are um, with all kinds of cyclocross stories um, to get into. And, and uh, so I don't know. Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, what guys, you, you, uh, you've basically been on the road now for a couple weeks. Feels sort like of, uh, kind of, almost sort of like, you know, following the band around the country. <laughs> um, give us your... Give us your, you know, your takeaways from, you know, two weeks on the road on the cross circuit. Um, Bodie, you've been working, right? I mean, you've had, you've had uh, some, your, your profession, photography, uh, working both weekends. Emily, you raced both weekends? I did. I raced both week. Well, weekends. We, one weekend and one midweek race. Yeah. You guys are kind of like a cross family. So what's it like? Um, it's fun. I, it's it's really enjoyable to to do the thing. Uh, I am. It's a little a little tiring after a while. I, I can't imagine being a pro and, and traveling all like every weekend, every race. Um, 
Yeah, it gives you a little glimpse into uh, the life of doing that weekend after weekend. And we think we travel just going around to our local races, but yeah. it's hard to be that far away for that long. And considering that it's cyclocross and it's muddy and every race you're washing your bike, or maybe you're not doing it, your mechanic probably is, but just the, there's a huge rigmarole around. Just yeah, the where whole. was my mechanic at? Damn. <laughs> uh, he was off taking photos, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, cross is not for the, um, weak spirited. You got to have a fire in your belly to want to do it every weekend. And, uh, luckily we do. And we had a lot of fun, uh, pretty fortuitous event, turn of events. Um, uh, when we got to Tulsa, we, uh, stayed, we definitely got to give a shout out to Dan and Amy Joy yeah. who hosted us in, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Super awesome couple. They do a lot of host housing for bike races, bike racers, um, they're very involved in the community. Their cycling club, Air Assurance, puts on uh, ruts and guts and uh, helps out with many other events in the area. So just big shout out to them. They were super awesome. Just like welcomed us into their home uh, like we were family, fed us, gave us beer. We hung out, visited. It was awesome. And that's like an official yeah, thing, right? I mean, they sort of open up their house. Uh, they and a number of other people in that area kind of, you know, sort of unofficially, but officially open their house to, to folks like you that are that are traveling. And wasn't like you were friends with them beforehand, right? It's kind of like, no. it's just, you get a hookup. I think host housing, I don't know if it's like a very, if only an American thing, but I think that it's kind of the backbone of, of domestic racing, at least in a way for teams to save a little bit of money mm-hmm. um, because there's not a lot of money out there, as we all know. And, uh, and, you know, you hear that, like, you make friendships and then you, those people who host you are your fans. And it's, it's just a good way of building community. Um, super awesome. I mean, I think Emily and I would love to host more bike racers, but not a lot of people are coming down to New Orleans as a bike racing destination and we don't have a big house. Yeah, it but. also uh, gave me a little cheer squad, too. Like, That's true. I didn't know anybody out in Tulsa when I got there. I didn't know a soul. And, um... Dan and Amy like told all their friends, pointed me out. Before I knew it, I had all these people cheering for me that I had never met on the course. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And fortuitously, we walked in, and who was also staying at the Joys, but none other than Andrew Giuliano, Ah. uh, someone that we've been fans of on the podcast. And if you don't know who he is, he's a gentleman off the West Coast who went and raced pretty much all year in in europe um last year last season yeah yeah kind of kind of created his own team and he worked out a deal with peloton magazine i believe they sponsored him and he wrote a column for their magazine weekly yeah. or monthly and yeah it took took photos uh or posted photos and sort of little diary from the road that peloton published uh i think over three months the sort of the, the cross season months of the of the uh, magazine he had some other sponsors as well, in addition to Peloton. I'm assuming he's got uh, some, I, I don't know who they are to give him, give him a shout out on the podcast, but he had some other help. But yeah, he was essentially sort of a free agent that went over there and built a team and did it on his own. So that's awesome. He was a big, big podcast crush of ours last cross season, and you guys... Yeah, there he was. Boom, right there in the house. I was pretty stoked. I was thinking, hey, we'd get some podcast content. That never happened. Um, but we started talking, and he was like, yeah, I kind of need a photographer. And hey, what do you know? So he hired me for the weekend, and that was awesome. And I got to shoot some really cool photos of him, and uh, it was really cool just to learn his story and, and kind of where he came from and and his plans. He's actually got a little bit late start to the season this year. He's actually going to try and go over and race some more. 
Um, and so, yeah, it was just, that's, that's the cool thing. He's going to go back to Europe? Yeah, he is. He's just, I think, towards the end of January. Okay. I think Uh, after Christmas, I thought. Okay. And he said, and also staying with with another gentleman on the, on the Rock Lobster team, uh, Max Judelson, a really interesting guy, uh, fun to hang out with too. And so then we had guys to root for, uh, at Ruts and Guts and Nationals. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Emily, you raced at Ruts and Guts. How was that? You're, you're some one, two, three races in the women's field? Yeah, I guess I would say um, that the racing at Ruts and Guts was kind of like a precursor, sort of a warm-up for me to race at uh, at Nats this year in that it was my first time lining up in a one, two, three field. They didn't have any kind of like a three, four option, which would be really like right in my right – that would be where I would slot in really well. But mm-hmm. um, the one, two, threes race was – was lit. It was really fast from the beginning. Um, I think I I got not last. I got second to last place on Saturday, and I got DFL on Sunday, like way off the back. Um, it was a really good experience, and I lined up with some really, really fast folks, people that I didn't know too well. There was a woman, a girl, woman. She's 15, I think. Oh, she's Lauren 15, Zerner. yeah. She's actually the new champion too she, she, yeah, she was the, as well she was the current national champ when you raced her in the 15 to 16 year old yeah. and then she won this year um when lizzie gonzalez i think had a bit of like a stomach cramp issue and so she was in my race um both days and she crushed it i knew who she well i had made the mistake of looking up ahead of time a couple mm-hmm. of the people in my race and i was like oh sweet i'm gonna be racing some like super fast 15 year olds this is gonna be great um but yeah i i didn't i was not prepared for just how fast the start was gonna be and actually i commented on the second day when we were lined up i i was sitting next to or standing next to leslie your friend leslie and um i commented on how fast the start was the previous day and lauren cerner turned over to me and just said you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) wow Okay, talking oh. a little trash to the start line. Uh, yeah. Teenager trash talk. I mean, yeah. I take that in good stride. Like, that's awesome. I, I really yeah. love seeing that there are all these fast people, especially the young young women like that. Because um, yeah. that just means that they're going to be crushing it, you know? Yeah. And she yeah. also rode for the Alpha Groove Subaru team. Same team as Gage. Same team as Katie Klaus. Okay. Um, I just say other highlights of the weekend mm. was. So is she a dentist as well? <laughs> she rides a moots. Yeah. Um, okay. So she's. Um, I guess she's a dentist. Yeah. Um, did did Gage win both days? I don't know. You were there. I. <laughs> I was there. Think so. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say yes from reading CX magazines stuff. I think he did, but I could be wrong. A really good battle on the on the um, first day C1. Gage finally got away at the end, but there's a really awesome battle between J Pow and Curtis White, mm-hmm. and it was like a J a J Pow oh on form photo yeah. finish right that photo finish. Like I was there, wa- I got some really awesome last lap shots on my Instagram where they're just like duking it out, and there's one last uh, obstacle where there are these like logs that um, Curtis is running up, and and J Pow is riding and. JPEG got a little bit of a gap, but then Curtis got him and just pipped him at the line. Um, so that was exciting to see JPEG riding that strong before Nats, because um, then you knew it was going to be a good battle. Gage, obviously, 
you know, won both days and, you know, we knew he's going to throw a wrench into the men's elite field and we'll get to that later. Um, other One other thing on, on Ruts and Guts was uh, Katie Klaus won day one and she is, I believe, 16. Uh, so she is a young ripper. Clara Hansinger was there, mm-hmm. also a young ripper. Um, and then our friend, our new friend, friend new friend uh sammy runnels yeah sammy um was up in the mix but uh katie class won day one and then on day two uh it was katie it was clara uh sunny gilbert and sunny all off the front and clara goes down katie goes down down. sunny goes down sammy gets a gap and she just attacks Yeah. yeah she goes for it and sticks it for the rest of the race so that was awesome to uh, see Sammy win the C2 on Sunday. Yeah, um, That was pretty exciting to see all that action right before Nats. And that was like, oh, it's going to be a great Nationals. Now, uh, how was what was the course like, Emily? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I think compared oh, yeah for for it was dry. Um, there was not too much precipitation. There was not too much mud on that course. It was fast. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of everything. There was a lot of features. There was a flyover. There was um, like a little section where there was, like you were saying, the logs that you you know could potentially ride if you had the capability. There was a barrier, barrier section. There were three sections of uh, paved sections too. So that, that was something that like did not play into my strengths at all, but I could see that being a place that you could really get some gap. It was really cold, um, and it was kind of windy as well. Um, but it was yeah. like a perfect course for me. Lots of pedaling, mm-hmm. uh, technical, but it what the ground wasn't soggy. It wasn't too much elevation either. Oh, yeah. Like it wasn't a whole lot of climbing or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was just little technical sections that you had to get through yeah um i want to give a special shout out to uh young bridget tooley 16 year old she was riding the logs and so far i think she's the only woman woman besides uh ellen noble who's who's currently uh bunny hopping the barriers in competition so i have started a new hashtag bridget wrote it that's right um so cool to watch watch out for bridget tooley who rides for the garneau easton team so, okay. Bodie, you got some good shots of the aforementioned Sammy Runnels and Anthony Clark for the Squid Squad, and that led to you uh, then getting hired to uh, shoot for them at Nats. So, I want to fast forward over to the uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, Nats weekend or Nats week. I do, yeah. And be- just before we leave Ruts and Guts, I want to say that was a great event. And I mean, I really want to go again. And if, if, if anybody in our local area has a chance to go, especially if they can get keep their C1 uh, for next year, um, it's a phenomenal event put on by really awesome people, really good course, uh, definitely worth it. Yeah, it was flawlessly like executed as an event. Yeah. I mean, everything was just, everything that you needed was there. It was easy from the start. It was awesome. Great. Yeah, so Louisville Nets, um, big weekend. We were pretty excited. We did a little pre-ride, or we checked out the course. Yeah. Um, you were excited. I was nervous. So what day did you get there? Because oh. this is, this is ju- not just a weekend, really, is it, uh, for, for Nets? Yeah, we drove in on a Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we stayed in Tulsa Monday, did a little like recovery ride, and then Tuesday we drove the 10 hours to Louisville. And we got there, I guess on Wednesday morning, we went out to the course. It's really amazing that course. Um, I had never been out there. Bodie had been there for Derby Cup, 
Debris Cup, Pan Am's last year. Um, but I'd never seen it. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, and I was really nervous because I'd never been to Nats to race. I've only mm-hmm. been as a spectator, and every course I've gone to, like in the past, to spectate has been something that's just like beyond beyond scary to me. Um, so I got out there, I got on my bike, and I went for a little pre-ride, and it was actually kind of wet on Wednesday morning. There was a lot of sections that I was um, unable to ride at yeah. the first, at my first pass on them. And I was like, pretty feeling pretty defeated. Like, wow, this is gonna be a lot of running. I don't know how I'm gonna ride any of this. Like this, a lot of off cambers, a lot of slippery mud. Um, but it actually dried up between the time that I did my little pre-ride in the morning and then we came back in the afternoon, there was like a much longer pre-ride uh, sec time that we could go out and I went out in the afternoon and it had dried up a lot. And I was actually able to figure out <laughs> some sections uh, that I couldn't that I couldn't ride in the morning I was able to do in the afternoon. So I got a lot of like practice, which made me feel a lot more confident. So yeah. um, going out, I actually had on Thursday morning, my race was first thing in the morning and which was great because i really didn't need all that time to be anxious all day um so i got out there i did a little pre-ride i everything was pretty dry there was a lot of stuff that you could ride it was great and um i felt like i figured out the sections that i was worried about and i just i went out and did did my best yeah um it was for sure the hardest course i've ever done it was definitely a lot of the most elevation I think I've ever done in a cross course. Yeah, there were some really long uphill slogs stretches. Um, even though that, even though it was dry for me, it was still like, yeah. I mean, I was barely moving, and I I felt like I was I wasn't even sure if I would have made it up the hill a, a fifth time. I, I actually got pulled I think the before the very last lap. Yeah. Um. So I finished a, a lap down. But Imagine having to ride all that or trying to have to ride all of that when the conditions completely shifted and it became slick, peanut buttery mud on yeah. the sides of all of those hills. Yeah, I don't have to imagine because on that Tuesday or Wednesday morning when I did a pre-ride, it was similar. It was more like that. So I know exactly what that was like and just my hat off to all those people that ran those sections because it's a long course. Yeah, um, but uh, you, you know... You got 23rd, um, and you had a really good battle with uh, this woman named Jenny. Yeah, shout out to... uh, Jenny Bork. Jenny Bork, because uh, she really kept me motivated. It was actually awesome, too. She had a pretty good cheer squad for her. She did. They were really really cheering her on. Somebody was following her around the course, yelling for her to come to get me. And kept me really motivated. So thanks for that. Um, yeah, and, and you ended up beating her because you could ride a section that she couldn't. So shout out to uh, your pre rides and your you know working on your technical skills. Yeah, yeah awesome. I feel like it was um, it was a really strong field. It I wasn't certainly wasn't expecting to get anywhere in the top half by far. Um, it was my first Nats. I didn't really know what to expect. I was like second to last call up. I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I had a great time. I had a great experience. Like, I learned a lot from it. I definitely 10 out of 10 would do again, yeah. for sure. So does this mean that you want to race in Tacoma next year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to race in Tacoma next year. We saw the uh, We saw the Tacoma 2019 Nats booth in the 
in the vendors area. They had a little, you know, promo area for their race next year, and they had a big poster on the side of their tent that described the course, the tentative course for next year. And Emily and I were standing there in the rain and the mud reading this sign, (laughs) talking to the organizers of the race committee uh, for that race next year. And basically the sign is, it's it's almost sort of like, you know, warning, warning, you do not want to ride this course. It is epic. It is going to be muddy. It is potentially going to kill you. Uh, It was like, wow, this is a pretty interesting advertisement for Tacoma 2019. Well, Uh, I think if Louisville hadn't been so wet, you know, maybe it would have... Yeah, for sure. So let's let's talk about it. I mean, that's going to be the big story of the day uh, or the of everybody's Notice was the the conditions, the muddy conditions. It was, it was kind of ridiculous, and I, I would even say maybe a bit dumb. Um, well, I, I, let me let's intro let's intro the course conditions and the sort of Friday, Saturday, Sunday racing. Yeah. I think a great way to do it would be to hearken uh, back to uh, uh, Adam Meyerson's Instagram post about this. It's a great mm. photograph oh, yeah. of him standing on the start line before his race. Uh, talking to his, Alex Donahue, his friend who had raced Co-coach. the uh, Masters, the race prior to Adam's race, they had gone out and pre-ridden the course when it was dry and had come up with a game plan and a strategy, etc. Mm. The rain sort of started on Friday morning. By the time I got there, midday on Friday, it was wet and muddy and pretty sloppy already. Uh, the Masters race had just gotten underway. But anyway, Meyerson is on the line in his Instagram post, basically said like, his uh, what's the guy's name i'm sorry but alec donahue yeah so alec came up to him after his race and said look man everything that you did in pre-ride everything (laughs) that we talked about put it all out of the window um this course is nothing like what you rode before that meyerson hadn't had a chance to pre-ride the course in the rain so he had no idea what to expect and literally um alec sat there and gave him what adam described uh as a blow by blow of the course turn by turn off camber by off camber uh, when you run, when you ride, and basically said it, it was, you know, he, he, he got a full sort of just verbal recon of the course right prior to his start, and he, and he credits him with, with uh, his win because uh, he knew what to expect, uh, and he said, you know, that, that intel was really something that, that nobody else had uh, the advantage of. It was apparently a, just a completely different course. Well, I think it as started as raining, it was. like, right before their race started. That's right. Yeah. So no one had had the ability to actually do a pre-ride in the rain at that point yeah but yeah it was uh parts of that course i mean quite frankly were just simply unrideable it wasn't a question of whether is it faster to run or faster to ride it was a this is you cannot be ridden so it's really interesting because i I, and i actually came in here to the podcast with an idea what i was going to talk about and then i go to find my source material and it's gone because the person who made a comment deleted his tweet because he realized they were wrong but uh there were some like i stepped up to the course on sunday and i was staying next to dan chabanoff Mm -hmm. um and he was like you know this is this is kind of silly like we got to rethink the way we do things and and you know like so if it's rainy, it's muddy, that's fine. But if you're running a thousand people through the course before the pros, like yeah. that really changes the course for the pros. And like, how do you, 
That's interesting you brought that up because I was thinking about that. This is something that you don't get that in worlds, right? right? I mean, you're not getting that. Well, I guess you are getting... You're getting a few races. You're getting maybe. a few races, but you're not getting a whole week of races. Exactly. Yeah, this is starting on Tuesday. These p- people were riding the course starting Tuesday morning right. all week long in all and these different conditions. And they're riding things up. And, but then, of course, but then you go... To, so then you go to the... But then the idea that American Cross is participatory, right? right. So this is how... This is how this is kind of funded. I don't know if uh, if the promoter has made money or if they lost money on the whole deal, but this is how it kind of has to be done. And the and, you know some suggestions are flip the schedule, like do do the elites first and do the and do the, the amateurs after. But then it's like, uh, would any amateurs come? Like that's part of the buildup, right? Mm-hmm. We, we build up, we race together, and yeah. we enjoy the course. But then we stick around to watch the, the elites because yeah. it's an amazing show. Um, there's the idea of like, can you do parallel courses? I think that you could probably in certain areas, like certain parts of courses, mm. you could, and they do this. They have UCI lines. Well, they do have those, but you could do like parallel lines up the hill where it's not getting tracked up all weekend. Um, well, and they did that in fairness in, in, in as many places well, as they could on this course. They sort of widened the course to give the pros a different line to take. But, but you know, the, the conditions were so terrible that even over the course of one or two races, Every right. new line was just getting completely chewed up uh, within a lap or two. It was just so wet and so sloppy um, um, and so hilly, really. I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, when you're... It was when the you're off-camber chur- elevation the that off- just made right. it. I mean, we were, Emily, standing at the bottom of that one oh sort God. of just like deep, steep, yeah. drop-off chicane. And, you know, there were 175 men in the single speed race. Well, that's an interesting one. And right. see, seeing the start of that race, oh. which was like Keystone Cops. It was you know? Oh, my crazy. God. And, and, and this... I wanted to know. have like Benny Hill music playing <laughs> while that was going it was, on. Yeah, I mean, you should have been at the bottom of this, yeah. off, of, of this you know, Belgian gate on a 30-degree oh yeah. hill. Yeah. It was just in the sloppy, just a wipeout quite, city. Uh, quite correction, only 137 people lined up in the single. Oh, speed that's race. all. Okay, yeah. But in any event, yeah. I mean, it, so it, it just... wasn't an, an entire Tour de France peloton. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you it know, was a lot of people. I, I, yeah. I think that one thing that that people might want to take into account, and 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 granted, I mean, I'm coming from South Louisiana and Mississippi, where you know, the kind of elevation that we saw at the park in Louisville is just unheard of around here, yeah. right? I mean, uh, but but there is something maybe to be said for, um, you know, if you have a race in a place where you could potentially get rain, and I guess any time in the fall and winter in the, in the southeast, U.S., Midwest, Northwest, I mean, any place other than maybe California in the desert southwest, I mean, you're going to have some chance of rain this time of year. Maybe, well, you know, maybe it's worth trying to, trying to keep, you know, off some of the steepest of steep hills. I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that goes because, well, you know, I guess that's what well, people want to ride. They want to race, you know, but hills. Then, I mean, then it's like we're, we're these are the best ride races in America, right, in the yeah. U.S. Right. And then we look at, you know, in years past and, and you know, we don't, next weekend in Namur, we might be seeing something extremely similar. You yeah, know, this is, exactly. These This is like with super steep stuff, super slick mud, you know, yeah. we've, um, I've seen Gavir where they've been running almost half the well, course. One thing I have noticed from following a lot of the social media posts post uh, CX Nats is that mm-hmm. number one, it's been like sort of refreshing and to see that like someone like Adam Meyerson or I think Sammy Runnels also, some of these pros are 
also being quoted as saying like this was one of the hardest races they've ever done right um but also just that um oh, i totally lost my train of thought uh, yeah I, I guess i think that uh there are many ways to look at this and, and, and kind of ways to solve this puzzle. But at the end of the day, um, the course is what the course is. Right. And the, you you got the best riders together. And everybody gets oh. the same course. Exactly. Oh, race. yeah. All that's, the, yeah, go that's ahead. That's what I was going to say was just that they're talking about how this these types of conditions play into like them getting ready to prepare to go over to Belgium and yeah. to, to Europe and to race over there because now they feel like maybe prepared for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, exactly. I mean, there a lot of people went straight from Louisville to, you know, basically flying straight to Belgium that you know Sunday or Monday, and uh, there I would imagine I, I've never seen a dry Namur course, and that thing, if you want to talk about steep, you know, that's that's got it all going on there. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely good prep. Yeah. So speak. Let's let's get to the big uh, big races, mm-hmm. and let's play a little bit of our on the way to the course predictions that Townsend and Emily and I did. You sure you want to do that, huh, Bodie? <laughs> I think I got some good picks in there, although I did miss a very big, glaring, obvious one. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Yeah, we're, uh, we are in the car on the way out to the venue here at CX Nats in Louisville, and we've realized that we have not put our predictions, um, memorialized our predictions yet, and so we're going to do a quick, uh, we're going to do a quick intro to the race and, um, and talk about, uh, who we're going all in on for this race win today. I guess let's start with our special guest, uh, Emily, in in the back. First off, Emily, talk a little bit about the conditions here uh, that we've seen over the last couple of days. Uh, These conditions are gnarly. They are, this is the most slippery, sloppery, wettest, nastiest, uh, silky mud course I've I've ever seen. It's crazy out there. It's been a lot of fun to watch people wiping out uh, in that, but that's not exactly why you. Uh, it's not exactly why you travel 500 miles to a cyclocross race to watch a bunch of dudes starfish in the mud. But that's what we're getting this weekend. Yeah, it, it actually gets it's it's really fun for a bit, and then it gets a little bit old because you kind of just you want to see what people can do. You want to you really want to see people's technical skills like come to life, and it's really hard when the conditions are like this. Well, given those conditions, let's talk about it. Who do we think is going to win this race? There's been a lot of running. Um, in fact, there are spots that we watched the race from, the races yesterday from, where we couldn't see anything but people running. Um, nobody even riding their bike in, in, in view. For as far as your eye can see, everyone's running with their bikes, yeah. So we're going to start with you, Emily. Okay. Uh, who are your predictions uh, in the women's elite and men's elite races for today? Um... As much as I would love to say Ellen Noble, because I'm a huge fan of Ellen Noble and I can't wait for her to have her shot, I think it's going to be Katie Keogh's day today. That's my prediction for the women's race. I think we saw her run a lot in uh, Jingle Cross World Cup, and uh, I don't know. She just she seems like she thrives in these kinds of conditions. So unless she's having some kind of other issue, I feel like it might be her day. And in the men's race? I'm going with Stephen Hyde. Bodie, you're up. 
don't take your eyes off the road. Bodie's driving. But uh, use your words and tell us, uh, men's and women's elite race, who's winning? Well, my original pick for women's elite was Ellen Noble. Um, but purely based on their finish in the World Cup, which I think is the most similar type of conditions, uh, muddy course, challenging technical features, I favor um, Katie Keogh. But, you know, we said there's a lot of running and there is a rider in the elite women's field whose nickname is Run for Funner, or her Instagram name. So, Sunny Gilbert may be a dark horse pick for the national running championships. Um, in the men's, I mean, Gage is really going to throw a wrench into some of the elite men's plans. But I think I have to go stick with my pick, uh, Stephen Hyde. I think he's the most. I think he's the best runner. I think he's the best at these maybe what we call quote-unquote Euro conditions. And he's a two-time defending champ, so put my money on him. All right, well, I'll close it out. I'm also going to go with Katie Keogh in the women's race. Just seems like her kind of a race. And in the men's race, I'm going to walk around the pits before the race, and I'm going to see who's wearing running shoes instead of bike shoes with cleats today, and I'm going to pick whoever that is um, because I think this is a race for the runners. Um, But I am going to go sentimentally all in on Gage Hecht and uh, try to get a word with him maybe before the race and uh, ask him about his shoe selection. Anyway, we will uh, have more after the race. And Bodie's got his hand up. He's got one last thing to say as we pull into the parking lot here. Uh, Also, a special uh, shout-out, Dark Horse Picks, or maybe not, uh, Sammy Runnels and uh, Anthony Clark, Squid Squad. Yeah, Squid Squad. Uh, Both wearing number five today. Uh, They're going to be riding pretty strong. I'm excited to see what they can do. There you go. Well, I don't know how all of us missed the biggest pick of the ball wow, and we're idiots. did not pick we doubted well, the queen yeah. okay sorry her I'm name didn't even come up in that segment did it katie mother effing compton yeah 15 national titles in a row gotta be like the greatest streak in sports of all time like what compares to that I don't know. The U.S. has won the World Series how many years in a row? I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. So, Oh, my God. And the Super Bowl. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty amazing, especially when you think about the fact that, you know, she's had World Cup races where she's just really struggled. Um, She suffers from asthma. She's had to pull out of races for health reasons. She's Um, 40 years old. She's 40 years old. Uh, courses are totally different year to year. I mean, there was Hartford where there was like snow and ice yeah. all over the ground. Last year it was dry in Reno. So she just shows up for Nats and for the last 15 years, no matter what the conditions, no matter what the course, no matter what her health may have been on that particular day, she's, you know, she wins. I mean, she's a winner. Yeah, Amazing. And she got a pretty bad start in the race. I mean, she was... I think she she missed her she didn't get a get clipped in or something she said afterwards and you know I feel like it she's looked not like, like the best well starter. she's never been a great yeah. starter she she's can't start for shit she can't start for shit but she didn't it doesn't start, matter though she, I mean she had she went from the front row to a good like about twenty twentieth position or something yeah and then we kind of like you know the way the cameras and everything was set up we kind of 
didn't see her for a little bit. I didn't know. They had actually good camera footage around the course, but for some reason it was like I didn't get to see for a while. And then suddenly it's going to her passing uh, Ellen. Ellen Noble on that basically dive bombing that um, that downhill uh, Belgian gates kind of section where she was just like, oh, she's she's being timid on this mm-hmm. and I'm just going to let it rip. Yeah, that was a baller move. Yeah. Uh, if you can find that video, it's all over. Yeah. Um, and she so, comes and there's in various with, angles you can watch that thing yeah, from. Yeah, she it's, comes in with so much more speed than Ellen does. Like, she probably had that thing dialed in pre-ride and just knew how to do it. It's, yeah. it, it's a very uh, Euro-looking uh, feature uh, and the way she uh, attacked it looked like that. So, um, yeah, she's an amazing bike handler. She really is. She really yeah. is. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ellen Noble may have the may have the bunny hops. Um, she's obviously got good fitness. She, as much as essentially said in in an Instagram post after the race um, that it was not her sort of course. She doesn't do well on those super wet and super muddy courses. I don't know what it is about them. That, that she doesn't like, uh, but I mean, just- They're not wa- fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just watching Katie Compton um, but it's still work her bike course, around that. She has buckets of power, right? I mean, yeah. I think, it, I think there's a difference. It's like, there's like the power where you are on top of the pedals mm-hmm. and you are just laying down watts. And there's the power that like comes from your lower back. Like, yeah, if you look at Katie away. body language, like when she's going down hills and stuff like that, if you look at what she looks like, she doesn't look like anybody else. She looks like she looks like a European rider. She's in the she, drops as well. Yeah, she's in the drops. She's just like bombing those hills mm-hmm. so it wasn't even close after a lap and a half two laps katie had an unassailable lead and never really looked back it was a great race for second third and fourth yeah um let's start where we got it totally wrong we all picked katie keogh not exactly sure what happened to katie she was never really up in the mix at all she was always a little bit back she kind of ended up uh, I, I don't she, know she finished fifth or I sixth in the fifth. race maybe something like that I can pull up the results. Uh, but, but you know, she was she was a ways back in that. You know, we all thought that her running was going to help her excel. It did turn out to be a running course, um, but it was not. Um, it was not she Katie. Fifth. She yeah. finished fifth. Okay, so it yeah. was not uh, Katie Keogh whose running uh, really defined this race. Bodie, it was uh, your dark horse pick that uh, wound up running her way into yeah, Sonny, second place. Sonny Gilbert had an amazing race. She's had a really uh, strong year. I met her at Trek Cup, so just have enjoyed following her. And um, someone who I never really quite knew who they were, but heard the name of the years. And mm-hmm. just, like I said, really strong uh, uh, year. She got second at Ruts and Guts on, on Saturday in the C1. Um, second at Nationals. I know she's super stoked about that. And yeah, she was a former runner, so... I kind of got that pick fairly good. I'm stoked yeah. about that. Points yeah. for me in the podcast competition. And it truly was exactly her her running ability that, that separated her. Uh, she just, uh, Ellen Noble had a bit of a gap on her throughout a good bit of that race, but she just uh, long legs too. ran her way back into it and, uh, and eventually just uh, it, it looked like Ellen Noble just got tired out by that course and... and uh, and ended up getting um, getting passed by Sonny uh, on a on uh, on a run up. Yeah, I think. I, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, just to interject, I thought you know, like watching, you know, I was watching on TV, but it looked from Ellen Noble's body language through the whole thing that she was never really 
comfortable in that. I mean, nobody's comfortable in that course, but she didn't have, you know, it just felt like she just couldn't really get a handle on it the way yeah. that other riders could. Yeah, it is funny how much you can see and being there, Matt, actually, you're absolutely right, you know, because we were, you know, within within a couple feet of them as they came past. And yeah, I mean, you could just see it in, 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 in Noble's face. Um, I mean, you know, very telling. Um, almost looked like she was on the verge of tears throughout a lot of that race just not not very happy looking just very 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 pained and not not a pain face like i'm really really suffering but like i'm just really unhappy about what this race is doing to me or how i'm doing in this race i do do think though the third and i think she said as much was a was a good finish for her yeah still a great it's an incredible result i mean she got second last year so it's not in the projection that, that that she wants to go the trajectory but yeah, good race. Uh, shout out to Rebecca Ferringer, fourth place. She's yeah. had a strong year. I know that she's been kind of knocking on that sort of like, you know, front of the field. And this year she's really came through. And she was up there in second for a while, too. There was a lot of back and forth between her and Ellen. Yeah. And I think she's she's a bit of a mutter. So I think mm-hmm. these conditions favored her. So that was really cool to see. I want to say shout out to Lily Williams, seventh place, uh, strong finish at Nationals. I mean, you know, we know her as a really strong road rider for the Hoggins Bourbon Superman team. Um, so cool to see her there. Uh, Sammy Runnels, um, you know, she dropped her chain five times, she said. Um, and she had a great start. She had a really amazing she start. Was right up there. And I got this photo of her where she's like doing the cyclocross bend, looking at her chain on the first mm-hmm. lap. And she said, yeah, she dropped it five times. And she just kind of like, after the third time, was just like, what can you do? Like, you just can't. She couldn't, and I, I was there taking photos of her, so I'm, like, constantly watching her, and, and I, like, looking at her face, I was like, oh, like, if I had that facial, like, expression, that would mean I'm giving up very soon, but she didn't, and she yeah. got pulled, and she was done, and she was, like, kind of, like, all smiles after the race, and I was, like, super surprised, and like, wow, you have, like, like your spirits are really high, and she's like, what are you gonna do, man? Like, that's just the conditions are. I had a bad race, and, you know... We saw her running with her bike in a very curious... Yeah, she was almost carrying her bike sort of like a backpack. Yeah, she had her bike, like, over her shoulders. <laughs> I'm kind, kind of, of guessing that what... Stop people what, passing you. Yeah, what yeah. had happened at yeah, some maybe. point was that, you know, she was probably carrying it so much, her right shoulder probably yeah. just got sore from that, and so she had oh, sort yeah. of put the bike across her back and was almost holding it across her back with both with both arms. Sammy does have a very unique sort of, like, bro wrap. Um, she does not go underneath the down tube. She kind of goes across the top of the bars, um, hmm. kind of an unconventional way works for her. Um, so yeah, maybe that was just an adapted uh, move. That's, but definitely been her great best season ever, hasn't it? It's been really phenomenal. She's an amazing season. You know, like I said, winning that C two uh, Rats and Guts was awesome to see. So I think I think dropping your chain probably not a super mutter. Um, I wonder kind of conditions. A little bit of techno talk here. I wonder if um, having a chain because she probably runs the SRAM uh, one by right. Yeah. But having an actual chain guide over the top of that, if if that would have helped on this course or not. Maybe, but then you still got mud clogging things up. Yeah, I think they were saying that the grass because of opening mm. the lanes, the grass was getting in the mud and mm. then throwing the chain off. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah, and you it's hard. I tell you what, when you when you throw a one by with those narrow wide gears, it's hard to put those back on, especially in conditions like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, once again, congratulations to Katie Compton, 17 national championships in a row. 15. What did I say? <laughs> Where am I getting 17 wow. from? Where's that number coming oh, from? Prediction, prediction I guess. Whoa, hey. <laughs> it's 2020 no, all of a no sudden. No pressure. All right. There, yeah, that's Katie. right. No pressure, Katie. Uh, and I have to say, it was awesome to be there. This was my first time being at a... Um, you know, a cyclocross national championship. These are people that, that I've seen on TV for a number oh, of years. They're like celebs sort of to me. Yeah, you were running but, around but like a kid be, in a candy to, shop. Yeah, but to be right up on the course tape and leaning over and like rattling a cowbell and screaming. I mean, I just, it was like it was like being at a rock and roll concert and yeah. like screaming on the front row. And the cool thing about cross is like you can always be right on the front row at least yeah. in american cross right that's, that's very you know true. it's like and, and and if you don't like the front row seat that you have you can walk <laughs> to another spot and get a different front row seat for a different part of the course that's a very good point it's really really cool and and um and so great and and i have to say it you know being at a big event like that that like the heckles were just coming and not not like <laughs> not like cheesy heckles but just the cheers and just the you know the encouragement and you know the just you know all of that was just really coming out in a way that 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 I enjoyed um as a fan what a great experience uh to to be a fan of cyclocross and to be at an event like this definitely want to say I mean Bodie you're talking about encouraging people to go to Tulsa Tough Go to a cycling national championship event. I mean, whatever your discipline that that mm -hmm. you enjoy. For me, cross is really where it's at. Um, that's my favorite uh, cycling discipline. So this was really awesome. But I mean, if you're into road, if you're into track, I mean, go see your go see your USAC national championships. I mean, yeah. that's the shit. I mean, that's the business, right? I would think yeah. I mean, I would think cross is going to give you your best bang for your buck. I mean, crits too are pretty would be pretty good you're gonna see a yeah lot, i would but, say it's on the roadside more action skip the national stuff and go to your tulsa tufts your athens your yeah. sunny kings um basically wherever you can drink beer and watch people go around in circles a bunch of times really yeah. fast well speaking about being on the front row townsend uh mm. we did see that you made it on the live stream yeah so what's times. interesting you, <laughs> yeah. yeah you were were you doing some business because you were looking at your phone while Stephen hyde and curtis white were going by <laughs> well so i just taken i just taken and i can post them if you'd like me to <laughs> i just taken a series of like action shots of them approaching mm -hmm. that corner right as they did that muddy run-up and so as they went past uh, I was. Um, I was uh, wondering if you were following the race on the live stream. Yeah, no, no. I was. I was checking out my. I was checking out the photos that I just. That's taken called of them. chimping. Yeah, chimping. What? Chimping. Yeah, it's a term when you're a photographer and you take a bunch of photos and you immediately look at the back of your camera. Yeah, mm. it's called chimping. Okay, so yeah, I was chimping. Where did that come from? I don't know where it comes from, but well, technical term there. And uh, speaking of tech, it used to be a derogatory term when digital cameras just started. Like if you uh, shot film, like you knew you got the, you knew you well, got you the exposure. Be able to look at it. Also, you wouldn't be able to, but it's yeah. like you knew it was good. Mm -hmm. You know, digital you had to check because you weren't you were schooled in the old ways. Anyway, um, interesting. Before we get on to the the men's race, which I'm sure we're about to do, a uh, little bit of uh, tire talk for you guys. Can any of you tell me what pressure in pounds per square inch Katie Compton was winning on? Bodie Bodie. Oh. Yes, Bodie. I didn't know either of their names. I had an idea too. Oh, 11 and a half. Yes. Whoa. 
Wait, are you serious? Yeah, really? eleven and a half psi is what she was running. Wow. Yeah, that's what Mark Leg posted on Twitter. Eleven and a half. Eleven well, and a I half. I was gonna say eighteen. I was gonna say fifteen. So, folks, tubulars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you think you're running low at uh, twenty-two psi? Uh, I don't think I could run eleven and a half. Let's just let's just face it, Matt. I could run eleven and a half. You could definitely and, run eleven and, and a half. And Tim baby. Johnson on the because she actually mentioned it on the comment like after the race, you know, saying what she was running, and Tim Johnson said, well. That's that's really good because then you can use the rim as a rudder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Tim Johnson! It was cool to see Tim Johnson was there that week, and he 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 raced in a race. Yeah, he raced in the single speed. No, mm-hmm. master single speed, didn't he? He did. No, he did. He did like some race. He did the industry the race. Industry race, maybe. He got seventh. I like. I like. I like. Yeah, in his shorts and like a jacket. Okay, can we? This, you bring up something interesting here because you brought it up during the week. Yeah. And Adam Myerson also kind of brought something up, and I responded to him on his on his tweet, and I'll get to that in a second. But you brought something up, and you said, "I don't know how I feel about pros winning, like age graded age graded races." Well, I was saying the non-championship race. Yes. The Tuesday race the non, that, that Jay Powell lined up and won, mm. uh, the half-hour race. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, like it's a non-championship event race, so it's for the people who can't fit into any other category, who are not Cat 3s. Yeah. Like it's, it's oh, like maybe like do it and then sit up and not win. I think that would be appropriate. He also called, but then he called it a pro am, which which changed the idea of the race. There's like, oh, you get a race with the pros. Yeah, but then that's what's what it mean for the pro to win that, you know? And then and then our friend uh, Will Gonzaba was in that yeah. race, and yeah. he was pretty stoked to be. And up. he was very happy to get lapped by Jay Powell. Okay. So then I was like, well, I don't know. Well, okay. So here's here's how it's got to go. You remember we talked, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. You remember when Sven showed up and he did that that uh, we did single speed uh, that USAC up. race, a, yeah. a, a Cat Three USAC race uh, in Chicago. Yeah, and there's all that footage of him uh, riding the stairs. He was there was he, well, actually, he yeah, and then he goes back to do it again. Okay, right. Yeah. So that right, that, so that's what you do. You yeah. have some fun with it, right? Yes. You know, you show up, you recon the course if that's what you want to do, but then you know you stop and take a hand up. Uh, you stop and you high five some of the other racers that are in the race, or high five some of the fans, or whatever you got to yeah, do. Go back and encourage some of the other riders, or yeah. wait for some people and like help them on a section. And, or and you you don't compete for the you live, don't compete you for the do overall. some live skills clinic during the race kind of thing with with them and stuff, right? right. Like show them a line, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's yeah. my thought. Well, let's talk about the men's race before we start. Yeah. You know, running out of time here on this podcast before we have even gotten halfway through. Um, you guys were both right in your prediction. Uh, you predicted Stephen Hyde. Uh, I sort of felt like probably Stephen Hyde was going to win that race as well, but I picked Gage Heck because, um, A, I thought it was a good pick, and B, um, you know, I have a little bit of a sentimental attachment from my good friend Vince G. Uh, and I discovered this weekend my other good friend Jim Lehman uh, was uh, training uh, Gage and was at the race uh, supporting him. Can, can so just, that was pretty while, cool. While you say that, can I just say, was there anybody here on the podcast that did pick Katie Compton? <laughs> no. Oh, that was you, Matt. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's true. Let it be known. Um, Matt Kite last week uh, did pick 
Katie Compton. That's right. Two and, weeks and ago. And it was also recorded uh, and memorialized yeah. in this here podcast. So uh, points are him on the podcast board. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah, so men's race. Um, I mean, what can you really say? It was, um, as predicted, uh, by some, uh, it was a battle between Stephen Hyde and Curtis White at the front of that race. Gage was in touch with them for a bit, uh, for, a you know, the first couple laps, but, but it be- quickly became a battle between, uh, uh, Cannondale Cyclocross World teammates Stephen Hyde and Curtis White, and, and they epic were battle too. epic battle. They were yeah. back and forth, neck and neck, um, multiple lead changes. I don't know if this was broadcast on the uh, on the live stream after the race, but they did a uh, in Stephen Hyde's immediate post race interview. And did you were you guys were you in earshot of that? post-race interview Bodie a little bit so they were asking him like you know basically about all these lead changes and they said you know how many times did did you did you ever think that you had the gap and did you ever think you know this is it I'm going to be able to pull away and he said yeah about 20 times during the course of that race I thought okay I've got it now Mm -hmm. I've got the I'm going to be able to get the gap and every time, you know, Curtis came back and and ended up getting neck and neck, and then coming back around me and and, and taking the lead. Uh, and then they said, conversely, at any point in time during that race, did you ever think to yourself, "I'm never going to be able to make it. I don't have it. I'm, you know, it's give up time." And Stephen had said the same thing. He said, "Yeah, about 20 times during that race, I thought exactly that. So yeah. like, literally in his mind, he was going back and forth between, "I've got it," and there's no way I can do this. Yeah, I got to um, say, um, it was pretty cool. In the first lap, uh, I found myself on the far end of the course in a section that not a lot of the photographers had, had been to all week. And I uh, was there with Meg McMahon and Bill. Uh, Bill Scheich and CX Hairs, they let him go so he could shoot some footage. And as we're standing there watching Steven and Curtis come run towards us, they, they're, they're talking to each other. And I have no, I want to know what they were saying. There was some sort of like talk. Was it a like, was it like a pep talk? Was it um, like, like let's work together? Um, and then as they passed us, I was like, Bill, I really hope you got that audio. He's yeah, he's like, I can't wait to like listen to what it says huh. so and uh, pick out what they said. Um, I'm really curious what they said. And then from that point, it was that, you know, that battle between them. So you know, we, and, and this kind of sets up nicely because at NBX, Stephen Hyde and Curtis White had a hell of a battle. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that race, Curtis White, I mean, sorry, uh, Stephen Hyde said to Curtis White at some point, like, dude, you're riding so strong right now. Like, you could win this race. Like, you can win nationals. Like, and then he, like, dropped Curtis White. So, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just a cool little moments you don't, like, always get to see on the live stream of things is when the athletes talk to each other. Yeah. Well, and Mr. also they're teammates too. Right. So it's like not just athletes talking to each other, but they're like, they're not, they're, they're kind of, they're on the same team. Yeah, they're on the same but team. But they're both also trying to win. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's cool. And it, it was really cool to see Stephen Hyde win that. I mean, three times in a row, uh, as the Slow Ride Pod said, is he the new J-Pow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a time when J-Pow was like, you know, you couldn't even think of anybody beating J-Pow. Um, but this is a... a, a J, has J-Pow won three in a row? Don't think he ever did three in a row, did he? 
No, he's done two in a row, but I don't, I'm not sure if he's done three. Yeah, in Austin, Asheville, did Paige win in between? Possibly. Mm. We'll have to look that up. Um, but J-Pow, fifth place. Uh, that's actually a pretty good finish for him. Yeah. Considering that he is, this is not his condition. He worked his way up like a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. He he yeah. he worked his way back up to fifth. Yeah. He was probably in tenth place at some point. Yeah. You know, riding two the and barriers. a half, three laps into it, he riding was, the barriers every lap too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He really like. He just like kept plugging away and closing yeah. gaps. Well, that had to have gaps. been tough to ride those barriers oh, too, yeah. because it was it, it was sketchy. a <laughs> muddy lead up yeah. to those barriers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the course. Yeah, like like in the the course is muddy. It's like it was a soggy like boot sucking muddy at some point. But um, not only that, he was all the way right on the side, mm-hmm. right on the tape doing it. So maybe he like I felt like that was like the the, the smallest part of the barriers. Yeah, I mean, just um, save save that little bit of a uh, little bit of energy there, you know? So he came across a line. I was right there watching him and he just kind of shook his head like I don't know if he was shaking his head like, "Yep, I fucking hate these conditions. Like, mm-hmm. it's a bummer." Or like, damn it, I wish I could have done better. But fifth place for Jay Powell, I mean, after the year he's had, that's great. I think he should be really happy with that. I think that was a great result, great race for him. I mean, not you know, knowing like, yes, he's been the best. Yeah. Right? Seeing him work his right way now, back we know up he's to not fifth the best. too yeah. made what, you think that was a good result for him. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Anthony Clark, who I was following around, uh, eighth place. I mean, he just like... Man, he just plugged away and just kept doing it, and like I didn't—that was his best finish in nationals. Yeah. Um, hell of a race for him. Again, Squid Squad, what a season! I mean, yeah. him—he's had a phenomenal season. Yeah, uh, tweaking for worlds as the hashtag. <laughs> uh, he's hoping to make the world selection. I think he I think he's a shoe in, as uh, as Alan Krugoff said. Um, Kerry Warner, sixth place, not where he wanted to be. He's yeah. kind of dominated the U.S. scene. But of course, you know, Hyde's not been around. I mean, so it's J Powell's not been around. But I feel like he won a little bit higher than uh, sixth. Uh, Andrew Dillman, strong ride in fourth place. He local Louisville guy, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Looks like he's from Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he hurt himself beginning of the year at the World Cup, just like Hyde, and he was riding super strong in that race. So he's a guy that like could have been in the mix more this season and he was at ruts and guts until he uh flatted so i don't know i mean just awesome racing to see i don't know we've got that's funny i just realized when we were watching the race that i was asking somebody next to me who was in fourth and someone said i don't know some local guy (laughs) and i didn't know who it was so i never i never put those two things together yeah, Andrew Dillman, I believe, was on uh, the Cyclocross Network team with Spencer Petrov and a bunch of other juniors out of that uh, Ohio River Valley um, when they were younger. Mm. And he's now moved on to, I believe, SDG Muscle Monster, I think Amanda Nauman's team. Okay, yeah. Um, That's right, yeah, because she was giving him a shout-out. And so. speaking of Adam Myerson earlier, he almost took out my lens uh, when i was taking photos and it totally would have been my my fault i was shooting across the the tape and towards the pit where there was like a backlight and there was mud and and, mm. and i was like had my lens into the course where right into the downhill that muddy long downhill and i snapped some photos and i pull my lens up as i turn and he just just 
goes right past me. Just can feel the breeze like him. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> that would have been terrible. I would have felt really bad. Um, but I totally would have deserved it. Uh, it was just a, fun, a little interesting moment. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, Nationals. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, so, yeah. You, we already said a little bit about, okay. So, a lot of people flying to Belgium. Um, the world's picks have not been made yet, but I sh- I'm sure they will be fairly soon, right? Or uh, probably a little closer to a little closer to Worlds, which is not in late January, right? Early February, when is Worlds this year? Usually early Feb, I think. Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing it's going to be mid mid January before we get. We've still got two more World Cups, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got Namur, which is next weekend, uh, which is going to be awesome as yeah. it always is. One of one of the, my favorite courses, and uh, Zolder, I guess. Right? And then Zolder, uh, yeah. And then Worlds is going to be uh, Boense. Uh, we need uh, Bjorn's little uh, audio clip there. Boense. Boense. Yeah. Well, we'll get Bjorn to do that. Boense. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. And then we've got that whole Christmas week coming up. Uh, so you've got Namor, and then you've got um, some night races. There's some really cool night races. Isn't the GP Sven nice somewhere in that? GP Sven is, uh, I think, usually New Year's Day yeah. is when the uh, is when that one is. And there's some kind of Christopher Crossmas race in, in Belgium. There's a lot of festive, yeah. uh, festive races. Chris Kringle Cross, Krampus Cross, yeah. some sort of yeah. variety of things Christmas, where, yeah. where they throw toys and there's... Like, oh, man, that sounds fun. Yeah. It's like a whole, whole big tightly packed kind of 10 days of cross coming up so yeah so that that would stuff. be that that's the time to go to belgium if you're going to go to belgium and try to watch some cross and yeah. one of these one of these years i'm going to plan on doing that definitely uh, zonhoven was this weekend that was good we don't want to do a blow by blow on that but uh um, well actually it wasn't zonhoven this year it was zonsnoven <laughs> yeah, it had snowed, snow on the sand. Um, so Sonicant wins Zon Snowden. Yeah, yeah, it was second win of the year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that it's only your second win of the year. Yeah, but um, it was, ooh, great, great late attack. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Yeah, uh, Denise Betsima, who's uh, uh, been phenomenal. just just lighting it up recently, looked yeah. like she was <clears throat> looked like she me. was going to ride to the win. Burger time. Burger time. And uh, and she didn't. Um, Sana Sana just had it. You know, I, it really mm-hmm. came down to that that final lap, and Betsima took sort of a bad line um, in in the sand, and uh, kind of had to jump off her bike for a second. And Sana was just you know like must have sensed that it happened right behind her, or seen that it happened put right behind her. Put in a searing her. attack. Just put in a searing attack right there. And and by the time Betsima gathered her wits and got back on her bike, there was a five second gap, and that turned into a ten second gap, and what? then that was it. It was done. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I think Sana just rode perfect lines and put a lot of power down, and Betsima was on the back foot, and it kind of forced a couple of errors from her. Um, but, yeah, what a what a – definitely, she, I think she, very – she felt uh, – you could see when she crossed the line that was a very um, – uh, what is what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, uh, meaningful, meaningful win. Yes, definitely for her. Yeah, yeah, it was. She was, uh, she was, uh, she was 
you know, tapping her chest and, and pumping her fist and uh, well-deserved. It's great to see her winning and, and on good form. And, you know, looky, looky, here we are right into the meat and potatoes of the, you know, where, where the rubber really meets the road in the cyclocross season and she's rounding into form. It's going to be a great world. It should be a great battle. I mean, assuming Betsima maintains her form and, and Kant is on form. And where uh, is Voss? Yeah, I mean, who knows what could happen. That's true. Did, Va- did Voss yeah. race? No, no where she is didn't. Voss? We haven't seen her for a few weeks now. Yeah, she has not been racing. Um, uh, just before we leave the women's race, uh, shout out to uh, Kaylin Carmendel Alvarado, yeah. who uh, rode to a, a solid third place finish, and she's just been looking great lately. Really yeah. has. I mean, she's still U twenty three. Uh, I don't know if she's going to race the U23 in Worlds or if she's going to jump up and race the Elites this year, but I'll tell you what, she would be competitive in the uh, in the women's Elites this year for sure. Well, and also to uh, Nikki Bramier, who uh, was leading the race for a while, had a pretty sizable gap on people, um, and then... Took a, a pretty big dinger going down into that sand bowl. Into, into mm-hmm. the coil, I think they call it. De Coyle, uh Yeah, and... Uh, and uh, but she still met, she got fourth place. Uh, I think uh, Namora is definitely a good course for her. She's good in the mud, so uh, yep. that could be good things for her coming up. And she definitely seems to be hitting some good form right now. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch the men's race. We left and went to uh, the the venue uh, big, when the men's race happened. Big shocker, guys! Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, a certain Matthew Vanderpol won it okay well uh wow was the only person within a minute of him or within a minute and a half of him and did toon finish third uh toon did finish third yeah right, so, so there we are it was the predicted result ladies and gentlemen there's your world championship podium oh excuse me i'm sorry i'm a little too early on that one. it's hard to say no isn't it but you never know i mean he's had three years of uh not working out for him but i, I just so if katie compton is mm-hmm. like misses like on the money Vanderpool is sort of the opposite like Katie Compton That's puts right. it together for nationals right yeah uh, Vanderpool cannot so far put he's it together st- I mean he's won one so that's true he did, you know. he did he did win his very first elite world championship and then he's won almost every other single race in yeah. between that except Worlds. Well, I look mean, at Sven Nice. I mean, he doesn't have as many world championships as, uh, as as, uh, as Denix T-Bar or Wout. Oh, Wout, yeah. yeah. I know. So, and he's uh, the greatest. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I could say right now, I'm unless he breaks his collarbone or something in between now and then, I'm still putting my money on him. Uh, he, It's a tour de force, lap one. He was actually, there was a Corandon Circus train hmm. on lap one. Uh, his brother was at the front. And he was actually sitting third wheel, drafting off uh, off Tom Tom Hewson for for a while, and then he was like, "Okay, guys, thanks a lot. I'll, uh, <laughs> thanks for the lead out. I'm now going to sprint for the rest of the race." <laughs> oh, I was just about to quote the Slow Ride podcast, but I realized that's not good content to quote other podcasts. Um, so, speaking of Corundin Circus, mm. did you? I mean, breaking oh, yeah. news today: they announced all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, they've. They've well. They've announced their the road schedule. Um, they 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 well. First of all, they announced that they were going pro Conti. Yeah, they did that last week yeah. or this weekend, or maybe maybe that maybe that was leaked, and today was the announcement. Mm-hmm. So that means they've got a bunch of wild cars to some of the spring classics, some of the big ones. Yeah. Uh, Vanderpool is quoted as saying like he's not there to be peloton filler, 
he's there to be at the front of the race. Right. I don't that, doubt it. This yeah. is pretty exciting. I'm I'm actually I'm excited for this MVDP. The MVDP versus Sagan and versus Wout. Yeah. In the spring classics. It's gonna be awesome. Versus, you know, I don't know. Stebar, Terpstra, like this is going to be cool stuff. Well, we saw them all together at Euros, right? The Euro Roads um, and uh, uh, the Dutch Sagan, National Championships. Sagan, no, well, oh. the Euro European Championships. Sagan did not have a great day, uh, but uh, it was, you know, uh, they were they was second and third was uh, was uh, MVDP and Wout. So. We know that they've got the they've got it to do a, a long hard race together, so it's going to be awesome. Also saw that uh, Gianni Vermeers is going to be on the road team. Mm-hmm. Didn't know he's a roadie. Also, uh, David Vanderpool, yeah, Matthew's younger brother. Older. Sorry, older brother, is signing a five year contract with yeah. Currenden Circus. Well, good for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, good for him. Like, know your place, right? Like, yeah, five years. And but who? What's up with the? I mean, a five-year contract. I have a feeling that Matthew Vanderpool's Conti agent helped uh, negotiate that contract for him. I, could, I mean, it's with a pro Conti team that may not even exist in five years. Yeah, it's it's yeah. That's what it's kind of weird in a lot of ways. But uh, I mean, hell, I mean, why not? Speaking of teams, I don't, if I'm jumping jumping stuff here, Sky will not be Sky after this and after next year a bunch of guys have uh, long term contracts on that team yeah. so wait let's make sure we finish out um, our Euro cross anything else um, no just I mean we, I think we've said all the cool stuff that's coming up and everything and uh, but uh, we you were, have a little quiz we, right we were talking yeah. about Corundon yeah I want I want you guys to uh, who can tell me what a Corundon is wait 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 hang on hang on Emily so in order to answer you need you to say, say your, your name. name but are we going to get a hint uh, Townsend I think it is a... Wait, did he ask the question? Hang on, Matt. Sorry, let's do it again. What is a Corundon? Bodie, Bodie. <laughs> it's a grocery store. No. Townsend. Yes. I think it's a travel company or maybe mm. an airline. No, no, no. no. You'd, you'd have one or the other. Yeah. You need to be, also need to be confident. You can't be like, I think it's. I think it's okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, an airline. No, but you're getting warmer. You're in a more appropriate realm. Emily. Yes. Like a, a home goods store. No, but somewhere between the two, travel and home. What? Uh, Townsend. Yes. It's a camper van company. <laughs> No, imagine a camper van that doesn't move and has many rooms. Buddy, buddy. Yes. Hotel. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Right. Corin is a hotel. Okay. Chain, All of right. ho- chain of hotels, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I saw, I saw MVDP, MVDP posted something. He was in a Corindon hotel room. Gotcha. Uh, oh, Corindon hotels and resorts. There you go. Uh, but I actually. That's where you'll be staying. When I you also go for- see a link. Here to Corindon Airlines. If I can, if you'll, uh, <laughs> if you'll bear with me just a moment. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, what? Wow! He's flipping the computer around to show us. Oh, no, I want to quiz somebody. What? Corindon Airlines. Oh my God! They have a charter airline too. Okay, so they were a travel company. Okay, so all high. right, so Townsend, so you and I split that then. <laughs> okay. So we add our half points to their tally of who wins the podcast. And I this still episode. have a point for. Um, well, don't I get 
Yeah, I get a point for getting Katie Compton. You do, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get, yeah. It's, it's, it's. You know, it's All not right. exact in our. Uh, it's not super, super exact. Let's close this out with some fun. You ready yeah. to have some fun? Yes, absolutely. What, what is something super fun that we do a lot on this podcast? And I, and I hope at least that that people like and enjoy. Ranking time with Bodie. Uh, not what I was thinking oh. of, Matt. <laughs> Trash or panache. Of the guru. Got a bedazzle, so my outfit's tight. When it comes to panache, I can't be beat. You know we got panache style, styles, get mad cash, keep it there under breath. You know we got panache styles, styles, get mad cash, keep it there under breath. You know we got panache styles, styles, get mad cash, keep it there under breath. Well, you guys have a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of the road teams have released their uh, kits mm. for the ne- upcoming season, and there's a lot of fodder for Trash or Pernash. So, are how are we doing this? I'm gonna I'm gonna lead it, and I'm gonna run through it. Wait, and I need to look at stuff though. I've yeah, I'm gonna I'm stuff. gonna pull it up, uh, and right, I'm I'm gonna up, I'm boy. gonna orchestrate this. Okay, great. Uh, so we are gonna start with. Wait. Oh, here we go. The new Movie Star kit. Looks just like the old Movie Star kit. Exactly. And so we see that so it's the new Movie Star kit. Um, same as the old Movie Star kit. Yeah. Trash. Same as the old Movie Star kit. It's the it's the light blue Movie Star with the dark blue shorts and the ridiculous uh, fade from light blue to dark blue in the jersey that makes it look like they're wearing uh, cycling shorts that come up around like they're high waisted. It's and like old man's dorky. Trousers. Yeah, like they right. pulled up too far. Yeah, total trash. Trash. Reminds me of Disney World Mickey Mouse trash. Great, mm. great colors. Total trash. I will say panache though because this is a team photo of the men's and women's team. So panache for having a women's team and doing the photos together. Yeah, but the kit is still trash. Kit is trash. So, okay, moving right, on. Right. Next. Do you want to uh, stick with movie star? Uh, we sure. Got one more thing. Here. Yeah, we got one more thing. We're movie star. We're going to do a bike real quick. I think right. Yeah. We're going to do remember, Valverde's remember, new. Yes, his 2019 Canyon bike. Canyon World Champion bike. We gave. All of us, I think, gave trash to his 2018 with that. And Movistar must have hurt us because yeah. they got rid of the trash element that we all hated. Yeah. And they've now created a bike that does not have the color splash on the front fork. No. Pure, unadulterated panache. Agreed. Panache. Panache. Absolutely perfect White looking saddle, world championship bike. Tape. That's a beautiful bike. White bike. Yep. Subtle, sure about that subtle weird too, right? You got stuff it, right. on the top too, but I'll still give it. Yeah, obviously those guys listened to the Yeah You Ride podcast, Classy. and they heard us, you know, talk about the problems with the old one and and changed it up. Uh, how about the new Katusha Alpacin kit? Oh, light blue top, uh, <laughs> simple uh, red Alpacin logo across the jersey, bright red shorts. So, I uh, my first thought when when we saw this kit. Um, was, huh, so that is exactly what uh, it would look like if Astana wore red shorts. <laughs> and that's why Astana don't wear red shorts. Uh, okay. So I'm giving it trash. I gave last year's panache for them, and they I'm giving this year trash. Okay. Of toothpaste, so trash. So, yeah, Emily's giving it trash. All right, so I'm going to say this about it. Um... I'm not ever going to be a huge fan of 
all red cycling shorts. It's just a bridge Agreed. too far for me. Mm. Um, but I am going to give this kit overall panache. And I'm going to give it panache. I think it gets a vote for panache for me relative to all of the other junk kits that we've seen so far this year. This one is this one is well executed. It's simple. It's pretty clean. I know that's an overused word. Um, these also happen to be my high school colors, the sort of light red, excuse me, light blue and red. Uh, but I, I have to say I hated my high school colors. Um, I don't think people look good in light blue and red, but I'm giving this kit panache. Yeah, I think I think you're only giving it panache in relation to other trash, and therefore it's still trash. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We talk a lot of shit about the fade, so here's a team that doesn't do the fade. Uh, but I really am trying to give it panache, but I can't. Trash. All right. Yeah. Uh, CC. Oh yeah, no trash. They okay. look like. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an outlier on this yeah. one, then I guess. Okay, uh, the CCC Reno kit. Uh, we've got an orange trash. top, fade to black, black shorts. Uh, Why would you fade in that direction? Uh, everybody's fading in that direction, and frankly, it's the wrong direction. The wrong do direction. do they have one person from the '90s who <laughs> designed like they went back in the past and got some guy to design every like why why is the fade a thing? Why is the why what yeah exactly? Why did anybody think this was a good idea? And then why did everybody else seem to think this was a good idea? I don't understand. Yeah, that at it, all. It, it it so it it also it loses points. A, because it's a fade and it's just a stupid look. It loses more points because everybody else is doing it, so it's not even unique. If, if the, Without that fade, this would be pure panache. This, I would have no issues with this kit whatsoever. I yeah. would be super happy with it. That one dumb thing that they did that yeah. everyone else is doing is just it boggles my mind yeah, that anybody it. thinks this is a good idea. Yeah, the logo looks good across the chest. Um, I like the fact that we're bringing orange back to the Peloton, harkening yeah. back to the Uscatel Uscati uh, 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 days. Yeah. Uh, I like the black shorts, but it's the it's the fade to black and the high waisted look that makes this complete trash. And it's and, not even close. I mean, and it's just, just remember, Greg Van Avermaet is going to be racing in this kit. Yeah, he's, oh. he's got to be hating himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, trash. Uh, the new Astana kit. Very simple. Panache. Uh, I'm going to give the Astana kit panache as well. Do you know the irony is Astana was the team that introduced that awful fade and then they were like, we're sorry, yeah. we're going to stop now and just go back to what we were doing before and do it well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like the blue. I mean, I, I just, I don't like it as a color. I think it's just not, not a great looking, not a great looking color. Uh, but, you know, the kit, the kit looks nice, looks good. It's Astana. I'm going to give it panache. And props to their um, their Kazakh national champ. Uh, looks nice. Kit there. Looks nice. Yeah. Bodie? Emily? Oh, I'm also going with panache on this one. I don't like the color either. I've never been a fan of that that baby blue. It's whatever, their flag. Aqua, I mean, but, it's on their flag. But, but so. yeah, it's going to be their color, so. Yeah. It's clean. If it's the national colors, uh, I guess I got to give it panache, even though I hate the blue and yellow. But I like the uh, the shorts look good. So, okay, guys, uh, AG2R, we can kind of skip over the kits. They're pretty much the same every year. It really mm -hmm. breaks down to whether you like the brown or not. I like the brown, so I give the AG2R kits panache just because of that. also like Larry Warbass with the stars and stripes on the sleeve. Yep. Happy to root for Larry. Also happy to see Larry riding what I consider to be a super sweet panache bicycle, <laughs> the new Eddie Merckx AG2R branded bicycle. What do you guys think about that? 
you know what I think about? I think about a dog taking a shit. Many thanks to Feed Zone memes. I'm just going to show this to you, Townsend. It's a dog <laughs> doing that like poop squat. Kind. Oh, right. So this is because the, there's the little kink in the in the in the top tube, and then the seats, the the, the chain stays kind of like tip mm. up at, in the back, like the a dog's haunches. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not necessarily <laughs> commenting on the shape of the bike or the or or the frame. I just I like the matte black finish on this bike. I like the brown water bottles on there next to the black, and I love the tan sidewalls uh, on the on the tires. Overall, I think the bike looks really, really nice uh, from a livery standpoint, not necessarily the design of the bike, because I give it to you, Bodie. Now that I've seen that, it does look like a pooping dog. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I'm afraid I have to go with Bodie on this one. I have to give it trash just because that frame looks awful. And last year they had such a sweet bike with they that did. factor. Yeah, that factors so cool. look good. The, blue, the pale blue factor with the white... Uh, with the white logo on it, just looked clean and awesome. Yeah, the Factor bikes were a better looking bike. I'll give you that. I don't know why they went, why do they go with, who wants to ride an Eddie Merckx bike? I mean, Eddie Merckx is awesome, but I don't want to ride his bikes. I don't I don't know. It sponsors his sponsors, right? Yeah. But uh, friend Speaking. of the podcast, uh, Thomas Gibbons, I saw for his birthday this year, received a brand new Factor One DI2 disc bike. And he took it out last weekend and won on it. Yeah, I so, saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Said it, it was like a, a rocket ship. Mm. A criterium in December. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't think they did those. Moved to Miami where road season never ends. I guess so. Yeah. Um, speaking of sponsors, uh, big news. Uh, team Sky will no longer be sponsoring the Sky team at after the end of this year. That's right. So... Dave, Dave's going to be going uh, looking for a big check from somebody. Who, who do we think should uh, sign a big check to Team Sky? I was thinking maybe SKYYR podcast. All right, okay. What can we what can we offer them? Uh, I don't know, guys. I mean, what do you think a shout out on after what, every race? What is a shout out on this podcast worth? About a million dollars a piece. Yeah, cool. So, uh, cool. Thirty of those uh, cool over the course of the year. Cool, hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of them. Um, maybe hugs. free hugs. We'll give them free hugs. I mean, uh, maybe like a big pharmaceutical company. Yeah, big pharma. Uh, that could what Glaxo <laughs> Smith Klein was recommended by yeah. uh, by uh, I believe uh, our friend Pete Christian uh, Jiffy Jiffy bag Jiffy yes, bag Jiffy, Jiffy pop Jiffy pop yeah popcorn UPS or Jiffy lube UPS yes. <laughs> <laughs> UPS wants to get back in the game. What can what uh, yes UPS what, well, what Matt, can you, Brown do for you? You were mm-hmm. saying uh, you were saying Matt that you actually heard some real rumors about what might be a good fit. Yeah, real rumor from uh, Daniel Freiber of the uh, Cycling Podcast was that uh, LVMH could be in the running there. Uh, they certainly have the bankroll for it. If you don't know who they are, that's Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, luxury a conglomeration of luxury brands who so just wait, recently bought a controlling stake in Pinarello. Handbags which, and booze? Handbags and booze. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Guys. They could wear like one of those Louis Vuitton fanny packs. Yes. Uh, and 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 have like you know all of their all their stuff in there. No more Jiffy bags. That everything's yeah. going to be in the leather fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, yeah, they could have like a little bo- a little bottle of like Moet hanging out of their uh, jersey pocket, like 
like Chipotle did on with the Garmin team. Mm, yeah. And also, like, wasn't the thing like back in the old tour days where the riders would just come into town and like drink going, champagne? Just like yeah, no, steal, they, they, they would, would just s- run into bars and grab steal grab all booze. their. We can bring that back, and uh, Moet can sponsor that, and yeah, Hennessy. So yeah. seems appropriate to me. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's uh, a lot of very expensive people on that team who have some long contracts. Look at uh, Bernal, who I think is the uh, definitely the uh, the most expensive U23 in the world at this time. Although they just signed Sosa as well from uh, from another Gianni Savio uh, pick. So. A lot of Colombians. Maybe they need to start, start uh, looking across the uh, ocean into some... Uh... Mm. More American uh, sponsors or South American sponsors. Yeah, American Sky in South sponsored American. by cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? Nothing else happened anywhere. Did, I don't. Did anybody all? get on the podium or something? No, no one got on a podium at right. Masters. While we were away, yeah, there was the. Last race of DSGP, our local cyclocross series, and also the Lambra CX Championships, and Sertirio yeah, pulled a what do you call it when you don't know. race all season, but then you show up at one race and land on the podium. Well, they used to call that like a Mariana Voss, huh? Yeah, it was. I kind of, I kind of, it's a I, yeah. I didn't win it, so it wasn't yeah. quite wasn't quite as uh, spectacular as as that, but. Uh, yeah, um, showed up. You you came out for a little while, Townsend. You were under the weather. Thank you for yeah. uh, letting me get on the podium uh, by not racing. And, what happened uh, to uh, What happened to Kurt? Our friend. Well, it was a war of attrition. I'll tell you that. Uh, we had some pretty <laughs> sloppy conditions out there. Uh, Kurt was not happy from the start about the about the course, and uh, I think it was about on the second lap that I just got you know myself and Chris Weiss were kind of riding together. And we rode up to Kurt, and he was just like, "I'm done." <laughs> yeah, Go. Kurt. Kurt. Uh, when Kurt's not happy about the conditions, uh, he has a tendency to pull get, the ripcord. Get in his own head, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, his kids finished their races, but uh, but yeah, he uh, he pulled out. And then there was another guy out there that um, uh, was uh, actually had passed me, and then about a lap later, I came up on him, and he just stopped completely <laughs> and i just get so i was like i was like are you okay and he's like yeah my back's done oh. so well, that's, the, kudos, that's the beauty of racing masters kudos to <laughs> kudos to chris weiss who finished second yeah, in yeah that great race. ride by chris again uh, uh and kudos to jack porter who won the 50 plus lambra championship he did he did um and we saw a couple of new faces out there yeah it's great uh, to see a couple of guys from uh, dc who just moved there uh, moved here and they seem to have a, a lot of fun out uh, out there in the masters race uh we had some yeah the conditions were pretty epic epic and sloppy um unlike uh u.s nats though it was all all pretty much rideable um we had one big water uh waterlogged section that just got kind of like worse and worse as as the race went on but uh everybody managed to re- get around the course and uh uh, despite their best attempts, nobody fell in the canal. Uh, there were a couple of close moments where people almost did, but uh, yeah, some great racing. Yeah, well, I, I really regret that I was too ill to race. Um, you know, I've had a I've had a good season so far, and was really looking forward to trying to put a put a pin in it. 
with uh, with a good showing at the district championships and, and 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 a good overall result in the DSGP series, but it was not to be for me. Uh, and I have to say, being out there, I was very happy to not be racing in spite of all of that, as I just did, wouldn't have had it that day. I just did not feel good. So, congrats, Matt. Thank uh, you. And I'm glad that uh, you were able to represent the the club, uh, and uh, you and Chris representing Urban South Racing, getting on that podium. So. Yeah. Well, guys, it's uh, almost Christmas time, so I don't know that we'll record another podcast before Christmas. Uh, actually, Christmas is next Tuesday. Uh, it is. And um, so to the extent that we are done with this episode, I would like to, to sign off by saying that we will be doing some festive riding over this holiday season. We're going to be doing the uh, our version of the RAFA Festive 500, mm-hmm. which we're calling the uh, the Festive 504. Yeah. In honor of our area code. Uh, as I like to say, it's like the Festive 500, only bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By four kilometers. Yeah. In uh, fact. And uh, I'm going to put it out there that, um, you know, inspired by my win uh, last week, I am uh, started not exactly riding massively, but I figured I'd get some a little bit of train, start to do a little bit of uh, light training. And uh, I'm going to try and do the Festive 500 if I can, but I will definitely be hosting Sir Cheerio's Boxing Day Bash. Can't wait. Yeah. All right, Pizza Boss. Oh, it's me? Yeah. Well, all right. You can't close the show. Oh, that's true. I can't. Okay, well, um, I'll just sign off saying I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of road miles after all this off-road riding that I've done. And uh, I don't know if I'll make the whole festive 504, but I might make a festive couple hundred. All right, and this is the Bodie Bodie saying once again, send all your questions, comments, and concerns to yayuride at gmail.com, and you can always leave us a rating and review on iTunes. I will not be doing the Festive 504. I will be doing the Festive 503. Shout out to all my Oregon homies. Good night.